John in chapter 21. Great to be at West Coast Baptist College. And I remember the first time preaching here. And I saw the sign 25 years, 25 years. That means some of us were preaching in chapel before you were born, before you were born. And uh, it is a great testimony to Pastor Chapel and to Lancaster Baptist Church to have this learning facility that you can come and be a part of this here. It's also a blessing for me because I get to see many friends that uh, were in the ministry together years past. And then I get to see my family also. I told Joe, my little grandson, Joe, I came down for his birthday. That's why I came down. And they just asked me to preach in chapel at the same time. So we're going to celebrate his birthday. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. I appreciated the, the song uh, just sung. And it talked about scars. Scars are just victory marks. Scars are just victory marks. I guarantee you when Jesus goes like this, that was for you. He won the victory. You have to get past the scars that you can call them victory marks. As Brother Getz wisely said, a loss of a job, well, a better one's coming. A broken relationship, the best is yet to come. And when you get to that point where there are no longer scars, anger, depression, hurt, and you can go, they become victory marks. Victory marks. Christ will gladly show you his victory marks. Victory marks. John chapter 21 I'm going to read just a couple of verses. I'm going to preface the message. I look at the Bible as a tool chest. And the Bible has all the tools that you'll need to live this life. Some, uh, they were called apothecary. It's a medicine cabinet. And uh, we are to go to the medicine cabinet and take out the medicine that we need. There's some medicine we may need today, won't need later on. A medicine we'll need later on, we don't need today, just like tools. I guarantee you the tool that God will give you today, you may not need today. Many will. Many will. But I guarantee you the tool that God will give you today, you will need. You will need. John chapter 21. John chapter 21. Begin at verse 1. After these things, notice that God is never into just using fuller words or uh, simple salutations, but he wants you to recall after these things, what? The death, the burial, and resurrection. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. He knew exactly what he was going to do. They were together, Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cain of Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and the two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto him, I go fishing. They say unto him, We go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But the morning was now come. Jesus stood on the shore, and his disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. You know, the only worst thing about not catching fish is have somebody ask you if you caught fish. <laughs> they answered him, no. He said unto them, well, cast out the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. 
They cast therefore, and now were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter had heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fishers coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. The other disciples came in a little ship, uh, for they were not far from land, uh, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fishes. And as soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three. Uh, for all there uh, were so many, yet not that net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples asked him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. I'm going to actually keep your Bible in over. We're going to come back there for a moment. Father in heaven, just another chapel. Class, 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 chapel, class. Just another chapel. Lord, this can be whatever we decide it to be. Lord, I pray for that tool, that tool that will be handed out of this wonderful book. I pray a handle be put on that tool that when it's needed, these individuals can take, open that tool chest and pull out a tool and know exactly how to use it. Holy Spirit, do that which no man can do. I plead for that. I do ask for that. Thank you for this wonderful place. I want to thank you for Brother Chapel meeting now with seniors and futures and some staff there helping. And Lord, give him wisdom as you have seemed so fit to do so. Thank you for his leadership, or leadership throughout this entire facility. And Lord, most of all today, may people know there's a God. There's a God. We love you today. For Christ's sake, I pray thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. There's a great songwriter, very, very spiritual lady, Fanny Crosby. No, no, Mary Poppins. So at least you know who she is. She had a song that went like this. I think you know it better than I do. I can do anything. Can you finish that? I can do anything you can do. Oh, now you got it. Sing that first line. Ready? I can do anything you can do better. Anybody know the second line? I can do anything better than you. Now you got two lines. Sing those two lines. Ready? I can do anything you can do better. I can do anything better than you. Do you know the rest of it? No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. I'm glad your English majors are not music majors. Thank you very much. That's for sure. Do you know that statement is true with God? Anything you can do, God can do better. God can do anything better than you. Let's just let that sink in. Anything you can do, God can do better. Preach a message, run a bus route, teach a Sunday school class, sing a special. Anything you can do, God can do better. And God says, I can do 
anything better than you. Here's an old-time infidel that went around and he'd hold his meetings and so forth. And when uh, Christianity or Christendom would have his revivals and tent meetings at Brush Arbors, he was at the same time era. His name was Bob Ingersoll. And Bob Ingersoll was an atheist. He was an evolutionist. And he'd make fun of Christians. And he'd go through all the process of why there is no God, why there is no... And he was an orator where he can engulf you in a speech and he'd get you on the edge of your seat and he can speak to you. And he would get you to start thinking, denying, and questioning God. And, and that's how he'd always finish up. He goes, if there's a God, if there's a God, let him strike me dead. Back in the day, we used to wear pocket watches and... He reached into his vest and took out his pocket watch. And he was notoriously known for finishing his messages by taking out that pocket watch. And he said these words to the congregation of Christians that when many would meet there to hear this orator speak, he said, if there, if there be a God, let me strike me dead. One minute, one minute, let me, let me strike me dead. And he all the pocket watch, he's swinging back and forth. I said, 50 seconds, 45 seconds, come on. If there's a God, pray, Christian. Pray, if there's a God, let him strike me dead. Let him strike me dead. 40 seconds, 35 seconds, 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Come on, Christian, pray. If there be a God, let him strike me dead. Show himself, God, 10 seconds. And he always counted down. Five, four, three, two, one. And he had that notorious little look on his face where he just defiled everybody. He stuck his pocket, washed back in his pocket, buttoned his jacket. He gathered up his notes like this right here, and he huffed to the crowd. I told you, there's no God. There's no God. There's no God. And he just stepped down off the main platform. He usually walked right through the middle, and that crowd was all standing right there, and they started to get out of his way, and he kind of snarled and narked on his way through there, and pretty soon the crowd was just separated, and the crowd stopped separating. They kept walking, he looked in front of him. He's a nine-year-old girl. She had her hands behind her back. She just stood there. He looked at her, kind of growled at her like that. She just stood there and growled at her again. And she looked at her and she says, Mr. Ingersoll, you cannot expire the patience of God in 60 seconds. That little girl rallied the people. They started singing, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Oh, you soldier of the cross. Boy, they started singing with enthusiasm. And our God is a mighty God. And pretty soon, Bob Ingersoll was nowhere to be found. Can I say this to you? You cannot expire the patience of God in a minute. Listen. You cannot expire the patience of God in a lifetime. In a lifetime. I get very frustrated in my Christian life. I get very frustrated in my prayer life. Not being in my presence of prayer, in my private place, and I look up to God and say, God, I wish I could know you better. I wish I would know you better. I wish I was closer to you. And you think, after all these years of walking and preaching and, and, and talking and begging and mourning and fasting, and Lord, I know you better. I'm so frustrated sometimes. And God says, no, son, you'll be okay. You'll be all right. God has patience longer than a lifetime. Can you look at the passage just for a moment quickly and maybe walk through it again quickly? John 21, we notice that after these things that Jesus showed himself again and he knew why he was going to show himself in verse 2. And there were together Simon, help me out here, Simon, that's one, Thomas, called who? Didymus, that's two, and who? 
Nathaniel, that's three, and then the sons of uh, uh, Cana, Galilee, and the sons of who? Who's that? Good, James and John, that's four, that's five, and what? Two out of his disciples, that's seven. Seven out of how many? Well, there's 11 now, Judas is gone. So seven out of 11, 64% of the ministry just quit. 64% of the ministry just quit. Just walked out, going fishing. Peter, I'm going back what I used to do. I'm going back to my old ways. I'll make my own money, I'll make my own living. Peter, he who walked on the water with Christ, he who saw him raise Lazarus from the dead, he who saw him multiply the breads and fishes and feed the five and 10 and 20,000. I mean, there, there's Peter, I'm going back to my old ways. Peter quit. You know what chapel preachers try to come in and do? They try to come in and keep you going, keep you going. It's hard to keep you going if you quit. I'll ask the question. It's just a simple question. Are you a quitter? They say Thanksgiving holiday, people go home. It's the number one time of college season. They don't come back. You haven't been home yet. You're a little homesick. You go home. Family's there. Boy's true to miss you. Boy's not the same without you. Uh, wonderful food. Homemade food. And you say, man, it's so good here. I'm not going to go back. And I thought, you know, if that would happen that we would lose some, some, some personnel in the ministry. And I thought, Lord, well, we can't lose people in the ministry. We've got to let them go home and enjoy themselves, eat the meals and have a great time. But Lord, let them come back. Don't let them quit. Don't let them quit. It's amazing. So I go fishing. But when the morning was come and Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus, then said Jesus unto them, Children, have you any meat? And the answer, no. I mean, here they are. They couldn't even catch the fish. I would think Peter was there, he said. I would think Andrew's brother, James and John, Zebedee. That's four fishermen. You think they were catch? They caught nothing all night long. All night long. Couldn't catch a fish. God shows up. And God always knows exactly when to show up. And I think he sings that little song, anything you can do, I can do better. Look up here, I'll help you. See, when Peter came to the place of his life and he said, I'm done, God said, I'm not done with you. See, you may come to a window of time in your life and say, no, I'm just done. I've had it. I can't go any longer. I'm, I'm right here. I can't go any further. And God steps up and says these words. Oh, but I can go a little further. I can do that. See, God can love better than us, and God can forgive better than us, and God can know more than we do, and God can help better than us, and God can comfort better than us, and God can, God, God, God can quit. Uh, not as easy as us. God does not quit. Guys, just maybe say it honestly. We've come very good at quitting. Amen. I said we've become very good at quitting. And we justify it. We, 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 you know, I don't go to church as often because, you know, I need more family time. I'm very busy reading my Bible, but, you know, I don't have enough time to pray. A lot of times we quit things in life. We make habits that we'll reap here that we should not want to reap later on. In fact, we cliched it so well, we have all the different names for it. I'm finished. 
I'm out of here. See ya. Leaving. Packing my bags. California. Hasta la vista. History. Hey, dear John. Toast. It's God's will. It's one that says that I thought it's easy. You've heard it. Another name for quitting is what? What's that? Just throw in the towel. Can I have that one back? It's a whole message. I got to have it. <laughs> He's not going to throw it. Okay. Yeah, throw in the towel. Throw in the towel. His name is Paul Simon. You will not know him many, many years ago. In fact, uh, 25 to 45 years ago, wrote a song, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Just skip out the back, Jack. Make a new plan, Stan. Don't need to be coy, Roy. Just set yourself free. Hop on the bus, Gus. Don't need to discuss much. Just drop off the key, Lee, and set yourself free. It'd be so much easier not to be in Bible college. It'd be so much easier not to have all the rules and guidelines. It'd be so much easier not to have all the, the regimentism, uh, uh, devotions, and Bible reading, and prayer, and, and knocking on doors, and getting this done, and pushing this, and getting the test. I just want to be free. I just want to stop all these things. I'm going to tell you today, I hate losing. That's a bad attitude, isn't it? It really is. People that get this, I hate losing. They say it's a bad attitude. I've worked real hard to have that attitude, and I'm not going to give it up. Now, I hate losing. I really do. How many here hate losing? All right. I, I hate losing more than I love winning. I, I, I just detest. I, I learned it. I learned it, I think, as like a five or six-year-old kid. I'm not, I'm not trying to be psycho-babbling, but when I was five or six, uh, I was living with my, <coughs> I was living, <coughs> I'm not exactly sure who I was living with. Uh, I, I really don't remember the time. I was a foster child. A lot of those years were through there. But I remember on Saturday morning, they had cartoons. Now, I don't know if they have cartoons anymore. Uh, it's been a long time, but we had cartoons. Now, you have to, it's going to be dated. I know that. Uh, but we had uh, the Roadrunner. Is he still around, the Roadrunner? You know who I'm? Oh, praise. Is he still as dumb as he ever was before? And um, when things, large things, you know, come down on you, you don't look up and look at them. You run out of the way, but he never did. So, but here, here is my, every Saturday, every Saturday morning, it was my treat. And so I would get up early Saturday morning. I knew cartoons would come on. I would go to the kitchen. I would find, I would find the cereal. And uh, this house happened to have uh, sugar frosted flakes. Sugar frosted they're in a box, not a bag. If there's a bag, don't buy them, okay? So sugar frosted flakes, real thing. Tony the Tiger sugar frosted flakes. And so that, that, that was it right there. Sugar frosted flakes. So I would go reach up there. I'd get the box of sugar frosted flakes. I would go to another cabinet and I would get a bowl. Now, not, not, a, not a soup bowl. Not a, no, 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 no. A mixing bowl. A mixing bowl about that size right there. And I would get that bowl and I will go get myself not a spoon. I'd get myself a ladle. A ladle. That's what I wanted. And I, literally every Saturday morning I would go to the living room and I would get about two feet away from the TV and I sit on the floor cross-legged and I get my mixing bowl out and I can pour half of that box of sugar frosted flakes, Tony the Tiger Great, into that bowl and then I would go ahead and uh, there's never enough sugar frosting so I also have a bowl of sugar and so I take my ladle and I take that ladle 
oil and I sprinkle all oat and I sprinkle. I would saturate that bowl. And it was there. Oh, I'd pour the milk on. The milk had no place to go. It's just settled on the top of it. That's right. Where. And I would sit there and I, I, oh, it was the best time of my life. And there it was. I'm two feet away from the TV and there's a foghorn leghorn and there's a, a Sylvester the cat and Tweety the bird and then there's that road runner and then there's that coyote. I'm watching everything and zoom this way and zoom this way and fall this way. All this stuff. And, I'm just, and my eyes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm getting the sugar high. Two and a half hours watching cartoons. And then it happened. Welcome to the wide world of sports. And they showed Muhammad Ali. And boy, the Hamad, he had that one, boom! And the guy went down, and he went around, da 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 And they show Mary Andretti, and he was driving the car, and he goes across that uh, finish line, and they show that uh, checkered flag, and, they, and they, you heard these words, the thrill of victory. And then it happened. They showed this guy at the top of a ski slope. Yeah, Brother Weaver, you know. Mr. Weaver, you know. Way up there, hey, blue suit, blue, light blue, uh, six, eight, nine, seven, four numbers, had his goggles on. He was a ski jumper, had those big old poles, and he was at the top of the ski jump. He's going to go down and down and down and down. And he's going to go up there, he's going to catch it there. He's going to fly and fly and fly and fly and fly. Whoa, it's great. He's over the top. Here he is. Here I am. I'm, I'm bug-eyed. Here I am. I'm sugar high. I'm down there. I'm two feet away from this TV. I see this guy. And all of a sudden he goes like this, bing, and he goes down there. And he starts going, and he never makes it to the bottom. This guy, this guy loses it. He falls, he tumbles, he turns. He literally goes about, I'm, I'm sorry, 100 feet tumbling and turning. Goes off the edge of the ramp. He falls down to the next part. He, he slides another about two or 300 feet. I see this big pile of snow. And then you hear these words. And the agony of defeat. I thought, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And I got, I got a sense of hating to lose. Hey, hey, hey to lose. Watch it. And a stupid guy did that every single week. He never learned how to do it. He did it every single week. I cannot believe that guy. I can ask that question. Do you quit? Do you quit? It was commonplace in my household. Mom, dad didn't get along together, quit. Dad remarries, didn't get along, quit. Mom remarries, didn't get along, quit. Dad remarries again, didn't get along, quit. Here we go, Bob. Quitting becomes easier. Some people quit at easy things. I think a demon's had for saving me having loved this present world. Think about David's brothers going to the battle and they see this man, Goliath, and they say, man, I'm not going out there. I'm not fighting. And they stay away from the battle. And sometimes we see uh, things in the ministry. We see things and we see hard things with God. And we tell ourselves, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go across the seas. I'm not going to be a missionary. I, I'm not going to be a poor boy and be some priest. I'm not going to do that. And we quit before the battle even happens. Oh, it's been years ago. My pretty little wife is here and uh, we had a big day at our church and we had the services regular. And afterwards, we have dinner on the grounds. We have a carnival. We let, just let the families just come and enjoy themselves a great time. Uh, about three or four months prior to that, I had a lady in my church who became, 
who became enamored, enamored with me. Don't, don't be upset because she was 64 years of age. I was probably 30 in my years there. It's been probably about 25 years ago. She's a four foot three a lady. And uh, her nickname was Scarecrow. That ought to tell you a little bit about her, okay? And, uh, but she got enamored with Pastor. In fact, uh, someone gave me a, a place to park my car and had Pastor rule. She stole my sign and took it to her house. And, and she put it in one chair. She sat in the other chair and she talked to Pastor Rule. So she was kind of a weirdo and things like that. But uh, anyway, my, we have this big day, a wonderful day. Then my, my my wife um, uh, had to take an elderly person home, so Scarecrow comes right next to me, and she wants to hang around me for this big day, so I thought, I'll go to the carnival, so I get some cotton candy, and she gets some cotton candy. I go over here, and uh, uh, they have some uh, uh, corn dogs, and uh, I got a corn dog. She got one. She followed me around the whole place, and, and so my wife finally comes back. I thought, this would be a place to uh, make sure she understands, so my wife comes, and she watched. said, honey, I'm madly in love with you. I grabbed my wife, gave her a kiss, and gave her a big old hug. I said, honey, let's go enjoy the carnival together, and as I took my wife and turned away. I could just feel scarecrows like, mm. you could just tell it's it bad. It's not good. We went to the, the pink uh, lemonade stand. I got my wife lemonade. Uh, I got lemonade. We turned around white. Uh, scarecrow got lemonade. She walked up behind my wife. Don't get ahead of me. My wife had this beautiful country style, a white eyelid dress that came down. And we're walking away and having a good time. And Scarecrow took that pink lemonade and she throws it on my wife all down the back of the white dress. Here I am, the pastor. My wife forgot about this. My wife turns up. Here you go. Let me go have this girl. And she's going to do I said, honey, you can't do You can't do that. She just like, can't watch me. Okay, no. I said, no, 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 no. So I get my wife, I get her away, and uh, we started to go, what's your true story? This lady comes after my wife. She now grabs her dress, and now she pulls her dress, and she pulls my wife. My wife said, I don't care who you are, I'm going after this lady right here. This is it. I had to call a staff man over there. I called a staff man over there, two of them. The first guy walked up, she literally, and took the guy, boom. The other staff guy, he left right away. He said, I'm out of here, I'm out of here, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not in the, they didn't teach me this at Bible college. No way in the world, no way in the world. Hey, he quit. See, some people, it's just, just a little tough. They just quit. I didn't get a grade. I just quit. It got hard. I just quit. I, I couldn't make the first payment. I just quit. Well, what was it? It was easy. Everybody would be doing it. Those aren't scars. Those are victory marks. I got through the battle. I got through the, uh, the war. I, I'm coming through the other Hey, I want to do something for God. That's our mentality. I think about John Mark. I think about Jonah. I think about all those who quit. I think about those who quit when they had a good reason to quit. They got whacked. Do you know why Jesus showed up here? Because of Peter. Jesus was just buffeted in the hall of Caiaphas. That means they put a bag over his head and they beat him and beat him and beat him and beat him. They took that bag off. He was not recognizable as human. Somewhere between them and the next 45 minutes to an hour, Peter's warming his hands outside. There's little arches out there. The architecture work and the cock crows and Jesus, Jesus and Peter cusses and Peter denies Christ. But at that same time, Jesus looks up Peter sees and he sees Christ. You know the Bible. The Bible says, and Peter wept bitterly. Can't get over that. He heard me. He warned me. I can't get over that. Uh -huh. I can't face him. I can't serve. I can't do it. 
Oh, he saw, he saw the death, he saw the burial, he saw the resurrection. I, I can't. So Peter quits. The Bible clearly says that on this wise, Jesus, well, in a great, he shows up the very, very next morning. You may feel as if you're far from God, but God is not far from any one of you. And Jesus shows right up there. He does the fish thing again. You know, because that's where he met Peter and James and John and Andrew. When they, when they couldn't catch any fish, they launched out there. They got all the fish and the ships began to bring. And so Jesus reenacting when I called you the first time, Peter. Peter, it's okay. Lovest thou more than these? Peter, you going back to fishing? But, but Peter's whacked. He, he was hurt. Let me just tell you something, folks. There's some things in ministry that are just going to let you have it. You're going to want to quit. And then God said, whoa, 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 whoa. And just because that you are ready to quit doesn't mean that God is ready to quit on you. Hey, Brother Joe, I know Joe. Joe, would you come up here a minute? <coughs> I know Brother Joe, and I'm glad Brother Joe is at West Coast Baptist College, and I'm glad he's a little different, Joe, at Bible College, isn't it? Not quite like where you've been. <laughs> but when you get good, Joe, when you get a good place like this, you get certain things that are given to you. There's probably more rules here than you think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's probably more homework than you thought. A little bit, yeah. And you have to pay bills here. That's a novel yeah. idea, isn't it? Been praying. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I always pray for money, God gives me work. So I pray for work and God gives me more work. So it's never worked for me. I don't know how that works. And so, Joe, when the bills get all added up and the pressure comes and you haven't heard, it's just, it's pretty easy just to say, I'm done. Sir. And so that term is throw, can you just over here, just throw it. Just. Remember that song? And God finds your towel. Joe, 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 remember you wanted to come to college? Yes, sir. Remember, no matter what, people made fun of you that you were going to go to Bible. They said, Joe's going to go to Bible. He said, Yeah, God's called me. Yeah, me, I, I, I called you. That was me. I asked you to come. I told you I'd take care of you. I told you to meet your needs, right? I don't understand this. <laughs> That's good, Joe. Yeah. That's good, Joe. You hold on to that, okay, Joe? So I'm going to tell you something, Joe. I'm not doing stuff to hurt you. I'm doing stuff to help you. If you think the ministry should be real easy, you don't have to pray, play around, do what you want to do, which is, then, then what you, you're not even in the game at all. There are going to be some hard times. There definitely are. And there's going to be bills to pay and things to do and, and tests to take and messages to write and people to get along. But if you think you're at watch it, don't you ever, don't you ever, don't you ever think about throwing that towel in again. You understand that, Joe? Yes, sir. You understand that, Joe? No, because I'm not just playing around. Because everyone quits now. Everyone goes back home. Everyone goes back to mom and dad. And they, they try, if they don't catch a fish all night long, you're not the first one. You won't be allowed. I'm just saying, you will not quit. You understand that, Joe? Yes, sir. Yeah. 
I expect you to. I expect you to. Yes, sir. Yeah. There you go. There you, go. you can go on down, Joe. Keep that down. Can you come up for a minute, right here? Are you married? Still happy, huh? Okay, great. <laughs> Just teasing. You think about getting married one day? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Save your money. Will do. Yeah. You gonna marry a spiritual girl? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Come on, help me. <laughs> you gonna marry a pretty girl? Yes, sir. He said yes to the second one faster than he did the first one. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> What kind of college you have here anyway, you know? It's okay. Hey, you can always teach in the Bible. You can't make them better looking, so just go ahead and go ahead. This guy. There you go, okay. Never been married before, right? No, sir. Cheers. Mary's town. Never been married, huh? No. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's great. But it has a few little working places, too. Like paying bills and do you know how many words you talk a day? No. If you count them, about eleven thousand. Do you know how many words a woman talks a day? <laughs> don't don't just take it easy, all right? Do you know? No. You will. <laughs> <laughs> you will. About twenty-five thousand. About twice as many as you do. And the thing is, you're going to use yours at work. You're going to come home, and she hasn't seen you yet, so she's getting wound up. And uses it. Oh, it does. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. You have a good hair day today? Yes, sir. I did, too. Any hair day is a good day, right? Amen. No, notice that ladies have a little different opinions about hair days. You understand that? Good tip. If you're a married man, always like her hair. Got it? Yeah. But it's going to get tough. It's going to get tough. Sometimes the bills come, the little kids come, and, and then you just don't understand. You just marriage, it gets tough. And, and it happens all the time. People just, they get rid of marriage. So can you just help me out here a little bit? You know, and God, God just says those words, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. Is this yours? This yours? About marriage? This is Mary's town. You understand that? Yes. Let's go back, right? Remember those days when you never thought you'd get married? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Never thought you'd be able to find a pretty girl? Spiritual pretty girl? No. Remember that? Yes. Remember how God gave you a pretty girl? Remember those vows you made? Yeah. For better, for what? Worse. For richer, for what? Poor. And sickness as in? You didn't mean that? You didn't mean that? Can I tell you something? Hear it from my side. Hear that little lady crying because you stepped out and you're no longer home. She doesn't have a job and she won't get one tomorrow. She's got to pay bills and she has to answer to the kids. She has to explain why you're not there. 
And they, they love you, because you know, you just kind of play toys with them and things like that, go to sleep, go to bed, go to work, come back, play with them. And she does all the discipline, all the help and things like that. And so <laughs> right now, I mean, they're saying, Mom, what did you do to Dad? What did you do to make Dad leave? Mom, why did you make Dad leave? You don't think of that, do you? You don't think she's going to have to pay bills now. You don't think she's going to cry her eyes out and have those kids. She has no idea what to do. Did you think of that before you threw this thing? No. I know. I know. I don't care where you've been and what you've done. But I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. As you're on the embarking of meeting someone to give them a vow that you'll be with them the rest of your life, that's exactly what that means. I will be with you for better, for worse for richer, for poor, and sickness as in health, and forsaking all others. Keep the only unto you, so long as we both shall live. Do you understand that? Yes, sir. This is yours. And don't you, again, don't you ever, don't you ever, now I'm talking about staff here. I'm talking about folks who've been in ministry way too long. I'm talking about Seasoned Christians. So you know something? I'm just, man, I'm just done. I'm just, I'm just done. And God, God said, whoa, 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 what do you mean, what do you mean you're done? Well, what do you mean you're done? What do you, what do you mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm at the point to quit. You know, anything you can do, God can do better. God, you know, you may want to quit, but I'm not going to quit on you. And I'm not going to quit on your college life. And I'm not going to quit on your ministry. And I'm not going to quit on your preaching. And I'm not going to quit on your marriage. And I'm not going to quit on your, I'm just not ready to quit. And God said, you know, son, so we don't do that. We just don't do that. We don't throw towels in. We don't quit. You understand that? We don't quit. You understand that? You're just a hard-nosed, yeah. I remember playing growing up. Brother Gabe is my son, not my brother, okay? He's my son, okay, great. My son. So I had Gabe, Rona had Jesse, I had Magdalene, I had Nat, I had four children. We played all the time. I'd come in from work and we'd wrestle all the time. WrestleMania, we loved every bit of it. No holds barbing like that. All four of us wrestling, it's okay to do that, okay? But no matter what, someone's going to get hurt. Because first of all, I'm not going to lose, so I'm going to beat the fire out of them. So that's why, <laughs> all right? I'm just being, I have an ego bigger than all four of them put together, okay? And so we'd be playing, they'd be jumping up. things, And so I'd just use one child as a defense. I'd hold them from another child. they take the hit, things like that. they start crying. they start to walk away. they start to walk away. Whoa, 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 you don't walk away. I'm done. I quit. No, 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 no. Well, I'm talking about the age of two, three, and four, and five. Well, you come back over here. You do not and I'd say this, you're a rule. You're a rule. We don't do that. <laughs> and God says, I meant what I said, and I said what I meant, and we just don't quit. Got that? Go ahead. Can you stand me for a minute, please? <clears throat> What's your town? Everyone here has one. Everyone here has one. I'm just about ready to chuck it. I'm just about ready to say, I'm done. I've had up to here. I'm out of here, toast. I'm, what's your town? Brother guys, 
long time ago in my life, I was right here. I took my town. My town. I went to God. I said, God, I'm the least likely person to be here. I don't feel comfortable. I'm having a tough time. God, I feel like I want to blast. So I said, God, there's my town. And when you're done with me, you can throw it in there, and I'm good to go. Yeah. We're not as young as we used to be. We love what we do. I love preaching. I love traveling and getting out there and losing sleep and going. I don't know how much long we can do that, right? Until he throws a towel in. I'm not going to try and negotiate. I'm not going to try to figure it out. He brought me in. He bring me out. So I gave God my towel. It may be wise that you take your college towel, your college towel, and say, God, whew, God, it's getting tough, and I'm always freshman. It's getting tough, and I'm a junior. God, here, God, when you want me to leave college, you tell me to go. You tell me to go. Now, you can take any towel you want. You can take your Mary's towel. Some of you ought to do that. And those areas, what's just everyone has one. Everyone has one. Even Solomon said, my son, give me thy eyes. Solomon realized if he's teaching his boy, Solomon messed up. He messed up. So he said, my son, give me thy eyes. Let thy eyes, give me, give me thy heart. Let thy eyes deserve my ways. So he said this, I messed up with women. I don't want you to mess up with women. So here's, son, here's, my, here's my towel. Here's the towel of dating. Here's the towel of those women. I don't want to mess up God. Here it is. You just control my life. I'm not trying to manipulate you, but whatever your towel is, today you got to take it to the altar and say, here it is. So I'm about ready to check out. I'm about ready to call the quiz, and I don't want to do that. But you're a whole lot better than this than I am. And can I just jump ahead, and I'm done. Two pages later, Peter preaches the message, and 3,000 gets saved, and all because he didn't quit. God had him in there. That's why God invested in his life. You have no idea. I'm the old man. I'm down this end of the road. You're the young people. You're coming over here. You're in your trial. You're in your boot camp. I'm saying, go down here. I talk to this man right here. We live a dream. We get to do what we get to do. You can't quit in the process. So whatever towel you have today, just go to the altar and say, God, you take my towel. Give God your